0: you welcome back to another episode of everything trying to kill you the podcast that treats horror movies like your favorite fuckboys in the way that we give them a lot of love but we also got to
1: keep them humble we are your hosts Rachel I'm Mary I'm Mary Kay and we're going to talk today about Angel Heart starring Mickey Rourke Robert De Niro and inexplicably Lisa Bonet as well uh, per the request of your lovely guest Clay McLeod Chapman from our Exorcist episode,
2: Yay! hey guys, Yay!
3: tell us all <laughs> about your work. Welcome back.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Thanks for still talking to me. As you know, I, I, if, if I didn't ruin The Exorcist, then maybe I won't ruin Angel Heart. I don't know.
1: No, that's one of my favorite episodes, The Exorcist. So yeah. you got big Aww. shoes to fill. They're your own Uh-oh. shoes. So that, that was okay. that <laughs> was
3: one of the episodes we submitted to the network. Like, look what no. we can do. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Now the pressure's on. We got to make this one
3: even better <laughs> yeah. than The Exorcist. Okay. So when we say don't fuck up.
1: Sometimes I still I still say, "Why you do this to me, Demi?" But I don't think about his mom. I think about you saying it. (laughs) Oh my
2: god, Demi, why do you do this to me? It's it's so it's. Okay, we're not here to talk about
3: the exorcist, though, guys. Come on, we gotta talk about Mickey, Lisa. I I do want to talk about Mickey, Robert, (laughs) Lisa, and Captain Dragon.
2: Oh man, so many. (laughs) So many. Yes. Yes.
1: But first, so, let's talk about your book. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Whisper Down the Lane.
2: Whisper Down the Lane. So, yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a new book, and it comes out on uh, Tuesday, April 6th, and it's called Whisper Down the Lane, and it is about, um, I mean, it, you know, it's about the kind of satanic panic era of the 80s. And maybe, just maybe, the kind of new moral mania of the... What is that? The aughts? The the teens? The... The, the 2000 teens, um, you know,
3: we're having a satanic panic this week. <laughs> right now, uh, You
2: know, the quirk books actually did that. That's a part of their PR. Marketing. <laughs> um, they're like, we're going to release a like... the satanic panic.
3: So let's get the, you know, the moral mania, you know, all whipped up. Hey, Lil Nas, you want to, you want to add on this? He was like, hell yeah. I can do a whole music video about me fucking yeah. Satan. That I sounds mean, great.
2: I, I w- I'd be lying if I didn't say like it has been such a trip this this week with you know Nike and tennis shoes but yeah. I, I don't know man I, you know it's just it's it's just loopy I mean it just goes to show you can't make this shit up like it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's happening right now so who wants to read <laughs> about it Let's just you know turn on Twitter right.
0: <laughs> he is just so giddy with, like, the perfect timing of this.
1: <laughs> it really I mean, is good timing. I mean,
3: the thing it's, is, it's also, when you say, when you joke, like, well, who wants to read a book about it, go to Twitter. Like, I don't want to go to Twitter. It's actually happening there. I want to go to the safe, metaphorical space where the upsetting things happen, and then I close the book at the end.
2: Yeah.
1: Or am I?
2: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I what what blows my mind is that, like, I mean when I was writing Whisper Down the Lane, uh, the, the you know, the mission statement, the the kind of philosophical treaty that I was trying to point out is that this thing is cyclical. That, like, history just repeats itself. That it's like, mm-hmm. you know... But I was thinking, like, every 30 years, man. Like, not, like, every week, every... Like, I, I think Twitter and social media has, quite honestly, just, like, accelerated everything to such a, sure. like, an alarming degree that, like... Yeah, it's it's Little Nas X this week, but who who is it next week and who's
3: Right. You know,
2: right. I, I don't know. i I feel like I'm still kind of reeling from Pizzagate and QAnon, but you say Pizzagate or QAnon and it's just like, oh that's so last that's been, that's year, been year or that's so like, you know, one of my favorite moments
3: One of my favorite moments of the past like year of my life was when Rachel found out what QAnon was while we were recording. <laughs> Because all she'd heard was that it was like, yeah, there's like a shadowy group of elite people running the world. And she was like, I mean, honestly, that's probably true. And I was like, do you also think they're drinking baby's blood and like performing demonic sexual rituals with them? Do you think Chrissy Teigen is in it? She was like, what? That's what that is? No. What? No. Like, it was just, it, the, her reaction was like the purest distillation of like rational response to this set of information. I
2: mean, it it scares the living daylights out of me. If I'm being totally honest, like the, the little Nas X stuff is it's exciting in its own way. But at the same time, like, like people are legit, like hardcore, like panicking and freaking out about that. And, or, or at least using it as a bully pulpit to kind of express their own mm, political, moral, you know, you know, pick your, pick your poison. But, um, you know, I I just feel like it's, you know, you can't make this shit up. You know, I thought I was writing a book right. of fiction, but la la la.
3: <laughs> turns out
2: it's everywhere.
3: Life imitates art. Oh my god, I forgot about your Ethel Merman for a second. Oh my
2: biography. god, the musical theater's back. It's time to talk
3: about <laughs> Satan.
0: <laughs> I wish there was that like kind of comic relief in. In your book to <laughs> help me as I was as I was reading this because I was texting Mary. Kay I read it
1: first, and then s- Rachel read it, and then yes, I was. She sent I know. Me I was copy. like, they sent me two. Here's one for oh, oh, you, and I was like, I need you because you know what? I was reading it. No one else had read it yet, so I was like, who do I tell all of my all of my reactions to? And so when Rachel was reading it, she texted me my own reactions. It was yeah. amazing. Uh, we have come to a consensus. I just sat there for like a whole day,
0: and I went. I I finished it almost in one day. I was texting her the whole time, like no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this 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 gray. The gray boy. I don't like absolutely it. Absolutely not. The gray boy. I don't like oh, him. So the gray scary. Boy.
2: He's so scary. It's the gray boy. He just wants to dance. He's just the gray boy. He just wants to be your friend.
0: Okay, but also, there's just one thing I have to say. Who (laughs) wears their ex's clothing? You could just go down the stairs and get your own, and then you go out in public wearing that? What is wrong with him?
2: Okay, okay. well, as someone (laughs) who is kind of primarily dressed by the women in my life, either wives or mothers or <laughs> friends, you know, it is amazing how, you know, I, maybe it's just a guy thing, which is, it's so dumb, but it's just like, you know.
0: <laughs> I just thought it was the I'm cold.
2: The oh, here's a sweater. <laughs> like, here's a, <laughs> like, it's that weird, like, oh, do I go back inside or do I just wear this sweater? And it's like, oh, I'm.
1: See, that's the difference between I men know, we'll but like, who the fuck <laughs> is this bitch? Where is she at? <laughs> is I mean, and it's like,
2: it, I'm just going to wear it for 45 minutes and I'll take it off when I go inside. And then, of course, you forget when you go inside <laughs> that you're wearing it. Like, you just like, oh, I'm warm now. Like, I'm like that. You're, the, the lizard brain just shuts off. The male lizard brain is just like, oh, content. Like, warm. Oh, that's so sweet. physical
3: Physical need yeah. Yeah. satiated. Yeah. Brain capacity Done. back to normal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no needs. What do I? Yeah. So yeah. You're like but, a sim. Yeah, That was bad. Never <laughs> oh, wear but sweater.
1: speaking of <laughs> speaking of clothes, though, um, in case you want to support our show, I can't believe this segue is happening. Honestly, um, <laughs> really well done. We it's have really nice. merch with our Venus Flytrap listeners uh, smoking a cigar and drinking a glass of red blend wine. Um, it's they are adorable. Like. I definitely think y'all should get you some, and you'll also be supporting your favorite podcast, also buy Clay's book. We'll link to that in our show notes as well, and buy my book too, which is also conveniently linked in the show notes for y'all. Okay, now um, we can really start talking about this movie if you want.
2: <laughs> I'm totally buying a shirt.
1: Yay! Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was geared mo- mostly towards our listeners, but obviously we- we'll get you one.
3: Guests, too. No, 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 no. No, I mean, Emily-, Emily bought one the other day, and she was like, how much money did you make from me? And I was like, I- girl, I don't think we've broken even yet. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> like, you have to buy, like, 50 shirts. She was like, oh, okay. I thought I was, like, giving you a paycheck. I'm sorry. But I was like, no, no wear the shirt everywhere. Yeah. She said she was hoping that we would have onesies so she could buy jelly one.
1: Oh, man. That That would would, be
3: so... mm. I would love to see a baby wearing a onesie with a Venus (laughs) flytrap with fat, juicy red lips, smoking a cigar, and drinking this exact box of Franzia. (laughs) That would be swell. Yeah. Um, Buy one for your baby. Buy one for your baby. So that your baby can listen to us talk about Satan. Um... They gotta yes. learn. <clears throat> they, they gotta learn something. They might as well learn whatever <laughs> the fuck we're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Mickey, so... Mickey Rourke's
2: baby learned about the devil. And, oh uh, my
3: gosh. Boy, yeah. did she... Oh.
2: Oh, that's right. There's two babies. There's there's, two there's babies. first baby, and then this, there's grandbaby.
1: Okay, grandbaby, though, I just wanted to cuddle him. Oh, my God. Did you always, including the moment when
3: he became Satan?
1: No. <laughs> that was the most scary part of the movie for me. You know, I can't deal that's with Michael evil Jackson kids. <laughs> that's why the gray boy in your book is incorrect. Oh, the gray boy. I
2: it's just I'm just gonna alright we can edit this out later but like I just wanna say <laughs> it it brings me joy to hear you guys talk about The Grey Boy this, like I've been <laughs> in a vacuum in a cone of silence about this book for so long so like oh. having these kinds of conversations warms my heart like an ex's sweater so thank you
3: for uh... <laughs> no we can't cut that nope. you know we can't you can't you can't that's like that's like you set up a whole stand up special right there where you like closed on the heartwarming thing that was also a button to a joke you'd been running for a minute. We can't. Yeah. Get that. I mean, I'm it's sorry. comedy.
2: It's comedy. We're just wait like for the so much, musical number. Yeah.
3: To, so why rock. the fuck didn't you do that in the book? Apparently. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, there are, there are rituals. There's like dancing
3: and stuff. Like people. They're, oh, for sure. Get <laughs> down yeah. in that book. Yeah. I mean, Technically, the Red Shoes is a story about dancing, but that's not.
1: Like, <laughs> it's know. sort of like that, yeah. I mean, not that exactly, but you're on the you're in the right vein. Vein,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a yeah. ritual. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of rituals, Rachel, 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 lead us by the nose into this icebreaker because it doesn't sound like we're going to get there any other way.
0: Okay, <laughs> so. Um, what is your favorite or least favorite sold their soul to the devil story? Mary shot her hand in the air like a rocket. That's cuz there's Go only
3: man. one sold your soul to the devil story that matters and it's Devil Went Down to Georgia.
1: That's a good one.
3: That's it. That's, that's the only mm-hmm. one that counts. It's like, even people who swear they've never heard a country song in their lives, if that comes on, they're like, oh, shit. Like, I feel like I'm back at the roller rink, you know? Like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, it's a... Uh, He's
1: here. It's true.
3: It's really good. But what you about... Know? And everyone, like, everyone can sing that, Like, everyone knows the whole... Like, yeah.
2: What about Robert Johnson? Does that count?
1: Yeah, that's the one I was gonna say. So I gotta think of another one.
2: Uh oh, sorry, Um, I took yours. No, no,
1: it's okay. No, you didn't, Uh, because mine is the fictional one of of him. So you tell the story, and then I'll 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 hit him with another.
2: Oh gosh, do I know the story? I mean, the story is you know Robert Johnson went to the crossroads down in Mississippi.
1: I think it is. Mm -hmm. I think so. Um,
2: Yeah, and. um, Made a deal with the devil to become, uh, you know, for fame and fortune, and uh, he became the best guitarist there ever was. That was
3: the worst version of that story, but that's there is a that's my, there's a great documentary that I'm gonna look up while 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 y'all share. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I thought of him, but I thought of him from "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou," hmm. where um, the one of the one of the. Um the guys who was recently converted, he got like baptized on the spot i think I think it's delmar, and he he said, You sold your soul, your everlasting soul, and he's like, Well, I wasn't using it
3: <laughs>
2: like
1: that's just how it went and it it seems way more innocuous when when you say it like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that is like the the good right. one, you know.
3: Well, if you're, if anyone is interested in learning more about Robert Johnson, Netflix has had. I don't know if they're still airing uh, a documentary called "Devil at the Crossroads." Um,
1: Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll link to that too in our show notes. So if y'all are driving or whatever, don't wreck your car. Right, and there's
3: there's also a documentary called The Search for Robert Johnson. Now that's 1991. It's uh from the it's a UK TV documentary, so that's not what that's not the one I've seen. Um, on the one hand, I tend to trust the BBC more than I trust like anyone, but also it was 1991, and I don't know, I don't know about, I don't know. The you don't lens, know about imperialism the lens of the time I can't speak to I can't speak to how how cloudy that is, so they're both out there though um if you want to check them out um if you get to the search for Robert Johnson before I do, i'd love to love to hear what you think
1: I want to watch both of those. I didn't know they existed. I only knew it from like folklore, which I imagine this is those are an examination of the story, but sounds really cool it sounds like. Scary stories to tell in the dark for grown-ups is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm excited. <laughs> Rachel, what's your answer?
0: So, well, first of all, Mary Kay, I don't know why, but I thought you were gonna say um oh, and man. the Witch. Oh. Yeah, that's a oh. great one. but so my favorite well, it's it's funny because you guys were talking about it when, when I wrote The Icebreaker, I was thinking about the very topical little Nas mm-hmm. X and just the media firestorm from it. And that, um, it, it's funny when you, when we bring up, you know, the devil at the crossroads, cause I've gone through, I've been down all of these conspiracy rabbit holes on Line and TikTok and everything. And I'm seeing like things like with, Illuminati, Hollywood music industry, it all kind of sounds like it's all the same thing. And they always talk about, like, oh, these musical artists and people in Hollywood, they went down a crossroads and they met so-and-so and they sold their soul to the devil. And then everything on uh, online with Little Nas is talking about that while at the same time there's the narrative that, you know, when he came out as gay... Um, all of these like hellfire and brimstone people came out. So he's like, all right, (laughs) fuck it. Fuck it. We had a year talking a whole lot about crazy devil worship and conspiracy. All right, here you go. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's profit off of it.
3: Well, and that's, that's definitely like, that's one way to like kick the oppressor in the teeth, right? Like you think I'm the devil? Oh, I'll fucking show you. I'm just going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to do the thing you're scared I'm going to do. And you, you know what? You're going to be terrified. You will live in fear of me, but your kids are going to fucking love me. (laughs) Like, you know, like that's, that's a thing. That's, that's like a theme in. That's like a, that's like a total monkey
2: paw moment too. That's like, you know, you sold your soul for fame and fortune, but now your kids won't love you anymore. So, um, that's the twist. You did the twist.
3: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's what he's doing is, you know, well, if I'm not if this is what you expect of me, this is what I'm going to do. And I mean, it's something that, um, I I mean, I don't want to speak with any kind of meaningful authority on queer culture. I do. I believe I, to the best of my understanding, this is thematic as well, but like one of the books that changed my life was fact of blackness by Franz Fanon. And he talks about the, both the power and powerlessness of embodying the oppressor's idea of you. That if he was an, if he became an angry black man, On the the one hand, it just disenfranchised him completely. People felt entitled to ignore him. But on the other, they were scared of that. Mm -hmm. You know, like he had this weird, like, immediate and very intense power if he did get angry in front of white people. So, um, so, yeah, it's such a cool, I don't know. I, I I look forward to the billions of think pieces that continue to happen over the next six months about this week. Because just there's. It's a rich well. It's a rich well.
0: Yes. So, speaking of uh scary and speaking of the devil, was this movie scary? I wish everyone could see Mary right now. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. Well, that's maybe like, y- yes. Not that I sat there. I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly like disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sick for a laundry list of reasons. Like you could we could do like the whole hour just listing reasons why this movie is appalling.
3: It is <laughs> I didn't sit there feeling fearful. There are elements of the story that are upsetting to me or that are like scary on principle. I am mostly afraid to see how much the voices and physicalities of Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro have changed over the past 30 years because I just, you know, that's, that's what drugs do to a person. Y'all like you, y'all you can't be out here with heavy drugs and smoking and, and drinking apparently because, because Mickey Rourke and De Niro sound like choir boys, like their voices are the voices of angelic choir boys in this movie. And that is not what they sound like today. Like they are, you, you could not place them. Yeah. Yeah, vocally.
1: Like gosh. I had a lot of thoughts about that. Uh-huh. Number one, I was Mickey Rourke supposed to be hot in this movie.
3: You didn't think he was?
1: No, I thought he smelled no. like he was sweating booze. Like that's <laughs> what when I looked at him, I was like, I know you smell like yesterday's nicotine. I can smell it through the screen. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, that
3: that just that doesn't ever work. See for you?
0: Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul.
3: Yes, we have it tattooed on our body, he girl. He
1: is to me. <laughs>
0: he came off to me as literally Saul Goodman.
1: Yeah, he's greasy, kind of gross. Like he good at his job, but not a good person. No, if he applied, if he
0: applied himself, he would be really successful at his job. And instead, he just kind
1: of yeah.
2: Did you not find him okay. charming? Was he charming to you? I'm if not sorry. i Not physically. No. No.
1: Wildly different. No, reasons. I would. On the other hand, however, I thought, I thought that my love for Robert De Niro knew no bounds. And then I watched him peel a hard-boiled egg with press-on <laughs> nails. And I was like, that is the boundary. <laughs>
2: <I swear laughs> That's where I don't exactly. align. It's was not the
1: bad facial hair. It's not the bad haircut. It's the press-on. It's not even the press-on nails by themselves, it's, it's the, the peeling of the egg big. with the Visual. nails. Wow. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. However, I... okay, Lisa Bonet, though, <laughs> she is the most beautiful woman in the world. My boyfriend, Chase, looked at me after, like, when she, first of all, I wrote down, like, where is she at? Like, she doesn't come in until, like, 40 minutes in. I'm like,
3: where is she? I need her. <laughs> She's kind of like the midpoint event, right? Like, meeting her yeah. is, like, yeah. yeah, the flip into the next part of the story, yeah.
1: Yeah, so whenever, you know, she's, like, washing her hair under the spout outside, and then the water's coming across her beautiful face, and then she, like, looks at the camera, and she has, like, this throaty baby voice. And my boyfriend, Chase, goes, oh, she's beautiful. And I was like, yeah, she's Lisa Bonet. How dare you not know that already? Like, you think you need to say that out loud? <laughs> this is egregious. <laughs>
3: Like, anyway, you have actually (laughs) diminished this by, like, vocalizing, like, verbalizing it actually. She
1: doesn't need you. (laughs) She is married to Khal Drogo, okay? She does not need you. (laughs) Can we talk about how she
3: went from Cosby Show? Okay, but can we ask, please? So here's the thing. She was fired from the Cosby Show. From the Cosby Show, show. yeah.
2: it's, It's kind of an urban legend at this point.
3: Yeah, this movie made uh, my mom, like, go off Lisa Bode for a while. Like, she was like, no, 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 shameful. Like, we yeah. watched you grow up on television. You can't be having your boobs out there.
2: It, uh...
3: Yeah. Bill,
2: Bill Cosby was not happy with her, uh...
0: Really, Bill Cosby yeah. wasn't <laughs> Well, we with know that now. <laughs> really? Oh, it's because she had agency and, she, like, she wanted to do it? That's the problem. She was awake.
3: Yeah, but that was his issue. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh. But uh <laughs> Play, you were saying.
2: No, well a different I'm world sorry. was the kind of olive branch. Olive branch? Olive mm-hmm. you know, the the kind yeah. of like uh, yeah. we're we're going to part ways uh and disassociate, but we're gonna we're gonna do it accordingly. Um but yeah, he, he just didn't you know, there was I, I read a r- interview with Sinbad who and he kind of tried to mitigate it a little bit, but you know, if if you wanna believe what was in the newspaper at the time, um, you know, I mean, and it's a profoundly re- revealing role for sure. I mean, that's yeah, uh, yeah. if you've grown up with uh, which Huxtable was she on? on? I, I can't remember. She her. was Denise. Denise Huxtable. So if, if that was your picture of her and then you say, oh, well, Denise Huxtable's in this movie. I'm going to go see her in Angel Heart. And then you see everything, (laughs) and you're like, that's not Denise Huxtable, or that's not the Denise I knew. Well, yeah,
1: Um, and you know... Denise was kind of the bad one, though.
3: Yeah, but she she started being the bad one at, like, 14. So, like, seeing this is a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, well, and uh, certainly generationally, it's not something... It's not like we can't identify with this. Like, we came up at an age where, like, Disney Channel stars were, like, a thing, or starting to become a thing. And... You know, someone I thought of immediately very recently was uh, Maisie Williams on Game of Thrones. Like, people lost their shit that they saw some of her side boob <laughs> um, in the final season because they had been watching this since she was a child, like, child. she was like 11, I think, when it started, you know. So now she's a grown woman, and something I hadn't thought about until I read an interview was Joe Dempsey, the guy actually having the sex scene with her, is like my age. So he was like, Yeah. A little weird uh, i've known her since she was in like the fifth or sixth grade so yeah a little bit weird um then again i have to remind myself like she's a grown woman like she is an adult woman now and if this is like if she's comfortable with this then i have no business not being like we're at a. this is our job you know um wait
1: what do you mean oh like he was the body double
3: No, no 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 joe the the guy who plays gendry
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, has... I was
3: still thinking about this movie. No, no, no you're okay. I just met the, the guy who plays Gendry. Has known her also since she was like eleven. Um, so that was a weird thing for him too. But so it's not like a totally outrageous thing to be like, "Whoa, it's a big shift for me to make." Also, like she she is a grown woman. <laughs> yeah. So what are you gonna do?
2: There was there was one interview with Cosby, and I think it's probably one of the only where he actually spoke about it uh on, on record. But uh, he he later said that uh his real issue with the film was that it, it was yet another kind of story of a white man uh kind of entering into uh an arena of uh a different culture um and, and basically uh kind of barging in, taking what he wants and uh sleeping. spreading yeah, the syphilis. Yeah. Um which was kind of a i don't know like i don't know if this is interesting, but there 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 seemed to be that kind of uh trend back then in the eighties of you know well all, most films were predominantly white men doing things um to other cultures but like if if you look at like mm-hmm. angel heart uh what is it the believers uh the serpent and the rainbow um you had these these horror films. That were kind of viewed as mature adult horror films because it was like it wasn't about zombies or you know, it was like, here here are these these men going to like learn about w- voodoo or learn about witchcraft or learn about you know, and it but it always kind of painted the picture of the other, and the other was primarily, uh, you know, black men, black women. like like the bo- like mm-hmm. it, it, it was more focused on, uh, you know, casting a shadow. Um, that our white yeah. hero could, in a, in essence, just kind of like trudge through. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I,
3: I
1: agree yeah. with Bill Cosby on that one.
3: Well, yeah, season, season one you. of True yeah. Detective got around that by just having the devil worshippers also be white people, <laughs> and then <laughs> I did think about that a little bit this while I watched this. Like, it did remind me at times of that first season of True Detective and that kind of like. Diving into this like unfamiliar, um, unfamiliar religion—that's and how much the religion was tied to the locality—but that's probably the end of the, the similarity. Well,
1: not I mean not not all the way because this is a weird representation of voodoo, right? Like, there's a lot of white people practicing voodoo, and that is not typically how you see it in film.
0: But I think there's a difference. In this film particular, between
1: devil
3: worship and okay. voodoo. I do think okay. that's an important distinction. I think there's
1: a distinction. Okay, I, did, I guess I didn't... I mean, I I understand that there is a big difference, personally. But I did, now that you're saying it, I'm seeing it in the movie, too. Especially because, like, the main bad guys were white people and not huh? zombies or not um, the... the Zombie priest
3: or priestess. So that's something um, I was gonna that, That's something I was gonna speak to. You know, Clay, as you're talking like you were drawing parallels to other horror movies from the 80s. Something I thought about was Indiana Jones.
1: <laughs>
3: In part just because he's like, I have a thing about chickens. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that's like I was like, oh, I like that's definitely like it's like you're telegraphing to me like this is the this is the good guy with the good heart. And um So for that character to turn out to be Oh yeah guys, we're going to spoil this for you a lot by the way. For that character to turn out to be like a mon- like the monster, like the soulless, like the the, right. the uh, you know, possessed one. Um for me it was like, oh, that's, like I expected some version of that. Yeah. For a while, pretty early in the story, I was like, mm, "No, you're 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 like very much in this. Like somehow you're him or you're like related, like something is something's, something's right. happening." But the way it actually panned out, I was like, oh, I kind of missed the, like, Indiana Jonesy guy, except that had he been the Indiana Jonesy guy, then he would have been, like, the shittiest white savior, right? Because he didn't save anybody. Um, Yeah. And him being the monster means that, like, not only was he not the white savior, he, like, the, the, all that kind of, like, imperialistic, like, dive in, like, that actually was the evil. That was the source of all the evil Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that also like illustrates the difference between the devil worshipping and the voodoo, because in all, so I was comparing the different rituals and practices between the two, and with the voodoo, it was the ones who got hurt were the chickens. There was a a chicken foot claw that was left, but with these white devil worshippers actual people were being killed. Oh, granted, is you know, he's on a killing spree, but um that woman um um oh, what was her name? Madame Zolar mm-hmm. her real name is escaping me, but Cruise she mark. kept that Margaret hand. Margaret Cruise Yep. Cruise mark, yes. And it's just much more um their rituals and the the possessions are human so there's a much more sinister sense of evil to it than
1: the voodoo yeah definitely yeah
2: i I need to go on record and i don't want to alienate anybody but i i do love this movie i
3: love it when a white dude says that
2: (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to i'm you know i'm gonna barge in here and i'm just gonna tell you how i feel now guys Um, um now that that's settled uh, I want to say that I liked Angel Heart. Um, and I, I, I thank you. Um, I, 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 I feel <laughs> like, uh, I, I want to advocate it for it. Flaws and all purely because of its, uh, I, you know, of its time. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's, it was, it was doing really smart things. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that like the kind of blend of, uh, like horror noir, like mystery noir, like a gumshoe,
3: like Mm -hmm. Sam
2: Spade uh, horror film. Like, to me, that's really intriguing. And I, I, you know, Mm -hmm. there was one HBO made for HBO film called Cast a Deadly Spell that did something similar. But it's really novel in the sense of like, you have a private dick who is, uh, you know, in essence, hunting for himself. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, like, we're we're so inundated with twists and surprises that you know you could kind of smell this one coming a mile off if you d- watched it today, but I I want to believe that of its time it was, if not revelatory, like at least kind of surprising, um, and yet like it it kind of revels in its cornballness at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, I really enjoy you know, that. Yes, you know I I feel as if. Whatever Robert De Niro was doing on set, like someone had to just be like, "Okay, okay, this is this is the kind of movie that Robert's in." It might not so, be the same movie that Lisa's in or Mickey's in, but Robert is in this right. movie, Lee press on nails and all. And two,
3: uh, two <laughs> anecdotal yeah. things there. Uh, one is that the director actually said that he just like minimized all of his interaction with De Niro on set because he was like, whatever this is, it's so fucking scary. I don't want to mess it up. Like, I'm just (laughs) kidding. This is so upsetting to me. I'm just not going to talk to him. I'll just let him do whatever he wants. And secondly, that's especially funny because supposedly he based this on Scorsese. (laughs) So everything I've seen of of Scorsese, like, you know, in interviews or whatever, he seems like a pretty genial guy, but maybe not all the time. But just the like
2: you know it's the the fact that like his name is or the name that he's going by at the moment is louis sephir um <laughs> you know it, it, like it 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 telegraphs what it is from the get go, and i mm-hmm. and i I have to imagine that like nobody was duped by that like the, the the kind of like inevitable conclusion that like uh <laughs> you know, speaking of that egg scene like. You know, him like Robert De Niro was saying like, you know that some cultures, some religions say that the egg is the soul, yeah. and then he devours it like right in front of Mickey Rourke's face.
3: Also, meaningfully, he offers him one. Yeah. He says, "This is the yeah. soul." Do and you? He says, want one? "No, I got." That's when he first says he has a thing. So chicken. I would love to hear from you guys. I have very distinct thoughts on the chicken and dog things, and I would love to hear if you guys have them first because I like I I need to be well.
0: First, so obviously with, you know, we always move around on our outline, but that was one of the questions that I had about with the genre fusion, like does, does that make this, does that help this movie hold up after all this time because of what it was doing with the genre fusion, like with it being a detective film, but also horror and how it kind of lives in that corny realm, like you said, with the
3: names. I found that weirdly satisfying. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's a procedural. Like, I mean, maybe more so than a horror film. Like, I like that there's the mission is to find this man. Um, And, you know, eventually you'll realize that he's the man. Um, And it, you know, it comes full circle. But uh, I don't know. Like, it... There... Yeah.
3: Because...
0: Sorry, but even just the way that it was... In the, the era that they chose. Um, and he, calling each other like, yeah, I met this cat. <laughs> like, even like the dialogue was just... It was so embedded in that kind of like classic detective oh, yeah. yeah,
1: I did like the noir sort of yeah. gumshoe, shoe leather the very detective conscious... work. Like, it was... That was fun.
0: It reminded me a little bit of Love Witch.
3: That they, oh, they yeah. chose this, this setting and they just... They just went. For the same reasons that Love Witch is what it is, right? Like, the setting means something. Mm -hmm. It it telegraphs. Like, we've already used that word at least once, right? I think it was Clay. Like, it it telegraphs a bunch of other information to you. Because we've seen this kind of story in this kind of setting so many times. It's like you you start with a common language. Um, So when you have someone named Lucifer creepily peeling eggs with his kiss nails... You know that brand that none of them No, you know what i talking <laughs> about, but none, none of them yeah. fit me because my fingers are too wide like like a giant. And um so I know so, exactly but, yeah. the brand that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I, Only come, children want to wear them and they're way too long for the hands of children.
3: Well they're they're um they've come a long way. I I used I think I wore them at a wedding we both went to once, Mary Kay.
1: They must have because I you know I would have called you out on some press ons.
3: Well, you know, they um well, yeah, I didn't have time to get a manicure. I did the press. It was great. They, they're much better. They adhere better. But um, I have uh, meat hooks and uh, they don't fit me very well. So.
1: You have to um, use all thumbs. You just need uh, a set of the thumbs.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, no. I wear the thumb size on my thumb, my index and middle fingers, and on my ring <laughs> finger on one hand. So, yeah, no, I'm fucked. Um, but. You have to make jokes in the Mindy Project all the time about her hands. I actually yeah. texted my sister, who is in Italy, at what was like 4 a.m. her time. Like, I'm rewatching the Mindy Project, and girl, she's got hands like us. Like, for real. They're not just joking. Like, her hands really are gigantic. <laughs> and she texted me back at 4 a.m. in Italy. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, God, I can't get it here. Are they really as big as ours? And I was like, yeah, girl. She's weird, too. Um. Anyway, I... <laughs> um. No, it, it telegraphs that information. Like it, it you get a, like a speed read of the world, the characters. Like you know what to expect, um, and that can be fun because then you get to subvert it. Like Love Witch played with those moments of subverting. This plays with those moments of of subverting. Like in this case, the gumshoe isn't a good guy who's tortured at heart. He's a fucking soulless monster like he's
1: yeah i'm gonna talk about that as the source of most of the horror of this movie too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because yeah we're looking for johnny favorite which is an excellent crooner name i mean it really is his real name
3: his real name can translate to favorite in french what his real name was hold on i don't speak french i have to pull it up for sure Continue. I'll 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 let you know okay. if I find when I find it.
1: Okay. Um. So he he gets sent on a snipe hunt to find himself. Snipe hunt. And he it's just it's really heartbreaking even though it's corny, where he's like yelling in the mirror, "I know who I am." Mm-hmm. Like he, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that what they're doing is not voodoo, but it is almost the folkloric version of a zombie because that other soul is in him along for the ride. It's kinda it's not exactly right, but it's similar to that, right? Where the the typically, right, your host's body is the only thing that is working. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly the same. But you can tell how that they that they drew on it. And so that's really scary, especially when I mean, you can't tell if it's Johnny Favorite talking from inside of him or if he's just kind of come to terms with his own sin, I guess, which is not his, which I don't think that he should have to take. Like, he he doesn't have anything to atone for, right? Like, he was a sacrifice, but he still feels guilty about stuff that he did not do. So that's pretty scary.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's... I don't know. Like I I felt for Mickey. Um Yeah. Harry Angel by the end of this. Um Yeah. Me uh, too. Uh-huh. And Angel Harold. <laughs> and isn't it but, I mean, I I think that like because you spend the, the duration of the film uh kind of in his shoes going on uh-huh. this mission, uh learning as he learns. Uh and then then you kind of realize that that you know, Lucifer has been kind of puppeteering this whole thing. I mean, I guess it depends on your interpretation of, of what you've seen, but, you know, I think of when he recognizes, when, you know, by the end, when the kind of the all the exposition just kind of comes out and he's staring at himself in the mirror and he he recounts every murder that has happened along the way, but you see it now as him committing the murder. Um, I mean, I, I feel like just the, the kind of like, the repetition of like, I know who I am, I know who I am, like, you know, we've spent this much time with him mm. and then to to kind of finally reach this conclusion of like, you know, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't I thought I knew and that person
1: right.
2: doesn't exist. That person is trapped. That person is dead, you know, I I don't know, I find it really compelling. Um well, and uh I think Yeah.
3: No, I just to speak to that. There, there are there are two elements of that that I think are are really critical. Um, one being that Mickey Rourke is a fucking phenomenal. He's a fantastic actor. He's very he's incredibly yeah. charismatic, and he he can just like draw you all the way in. Um, so he can make a moment that, on its face, should be like corny, um, still really impactful. Secondly, um, the setting, the timing, right, the period really helps. Here, mm-hmm. because we have every we immediately understand why any man of his generation would have period would have memory loss or repressed memories and we see his flashbacks to prove it we just don't realize that they're not the flashbacks he thinks they are um, you know he he has been through something horrible, like they refer to shell shock, especially, I mean, even it is especially now, the more we understand about trauma and how it affects us, when we realize that there are things about his past that he, either he doesn't really remember or understand clearly, it makes you feel that much more empathy for him mm-hmm. instead of suspicion. Um, and that really supports like the way this story develops in a way that, you know, had he been born... I don't know when I was and, and just not happen Like no one was, no one was being drafted for Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, like, so um, the, the story wouldn't be quite the same but, um, as a, uh, you know, having gone whether you wanted to or not. Um, so that's very, it's a, I don't know. I, I, I just, I could, that's something that the more I thought about it after I watched the movie, the more I thought, like, wow, I don't know if this could be the same story set, even ten years later yeah.
2: it's funny because uh the novel that it's based on uh, fallen angel um, it it takes place at, like in nineteen fifty nine nineteen sixty so it's like a five year difference um, mm-hmm. the movies Alan Parker who wrote and directed it moved it forward five years so because he wanted it to kind of linger within the war a little bit more and, and kind of be of, of uh, you know, the, the kind of tides and the time was turning already by, by 1959, 1960, um, which I find really interesting. But in the book, uh, Harry Angel is like a, he's kind of like more of a thug. He's like a real brutish, um, like he's not charismatic or compelling or like say what you will about, the Musk of Mickey Rourke, um, <laughs> you know, like I, I think that in the book, honestly, he's I just could a...
3: probably talk about that for hours if you wanted to. <laughs> like,
2: I, I, I love, I just love this movie. I don't know why. Um, I, I, do I why
3: really it. enjoyed it, and uh, I gotta say, like, I'm not on the same train that Mary Kay and Rachel are on here. Like this, watching this, I was like, oh my god, yeah, that's why he was a pretty boy. That's why that, like, that's, that was the idea of Mickey Rourke at this point in history. Like, he's a pretty boy. Yeah. Like, he's cute.
2: He's he's pretty and cute. But, like, when, when you get to the, the scene, the, the, the lovey-dovey scene with Lisa Bonet, uh, like, and there's, like, one, there's, like, one cut with, like, The sex scene that
3: turned the absolute hardest on me in the middle that I've ever experienced. Where I was like, having like all there for it at first, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, what is happening? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, but as Clay was saying, there's a moment that was cut that caused buzz, right? Well, they cut 10
2: seconds out of it to avoid an X rating. Um, I was just gonna make a comment on Mickey Rourke's butt, which uh, I, you know, (laughs) I would really appreciate it. I would
3: appreciate it, yeah.
2: He, I, I mean, like,
1: He did have that booty. He had the booty. I'll give you that.
3: But it was like,
2: it was like, it was totally like pale white boy booty. Like it was like the, like, it was like the booty, like, like a guy, that was not, that was young Mickey Rourke and it was like, like I'm in the prime of my talent career Mickey Rourke, but it was also like. I'm not at the gym, Mickey Rourke. I'm not. I'm not bench pressing or
3: no. doing squats. Like, he had he, like
1: he's a, just natural juice. He
3: had like a that was on here. He had like in a, that was in between his boxing careers.
2: Yeah, there was yeah. nothing there, but like, like when when I saw his butt, like I was kind of amazed by it because it was like that's like the every man's butt. That's the like the butt <laughs> that like has no tone. Like it was.
3: Every man's butt. He's that like, well, like, it's like he had dad bod, but like just notched like one or two up. Yeah. So there was like just enough like definition or something going, on. like you could tell he had boxed until pretty recently. Like just enough that it was like that is. Still oh, a movie I am star. Not body
1: shaming. He has a nice body.
3: Oh well, yeah. No, I just mean that I like. I just meant
1: his smell. Yeah, that the thing I is, could tell. I like, apparently, apparently I have it.
3: Apparently, I have a different reaction to that smell than you did. Like, you were describing, like, yesterday's booze and nicotine, and I was like, yeah, girl, where are you at? (laughs) So, you know, that's why you're more of a grown-up than I am. It takes all
1: kinds, you know. (laughs) Oh, um, but speaking of this as a period piece, and also the just utter beauty of Lisa Bonet, I refuse to accept that washing your hair with a bar of soap in a a spigot is going to give you that volume. Because I have done that, and it does not. And it is not fair. Lisa Bonet is not fair.
3: It's setting unrealistic expectations for everyone.
1: It is. She's like, little boy, soap, this is what makes you beautiful.
3: Yeah. Well, no, it's... Not just um, that. Nope, it's uh, your bone structure and all the other (laughs) DNA goes
1: into it. Okay, Lisa. Mm All the other
3: DNA (laughs) and it's a different
2: world. Where you come from?
3: Once I went to trivia and one of the audio rounds was like, listen to the first ten seconds of this TV show theme song and like tell us what it is, right? So it was like the with the harmonica and i was like it's a different world a different world a different world and i was at a table with all other like all white people right like i was the only and they were like are you sure that sounds like country music and i was like are you- are you serious <laughs> are you are you actually asking me that can you name a single character yes that's what it is it's super weird they eventually mm-hmm. changed the theme song somewhat because they realized it was super weird that at the beginning it sounded like prehistoric duck dynasty <laughs> <laughs> how does it begin it's like i know where uh, i know i know my parents yeah from. i know my parents love me yeah yeah that's it oh, yeah.
2: yeah it's a different world of where you come from oh my gosh they're not singing that in new orleans uh in 1955 <laughs> no, i'll tell you that much not.
3: It's not really no Though I did really enjoy all the music and like... I, oh yeah, this I was going to say that
1: with the tap.
3: This movie I did... I that. It went everywhere I wanted it to. Brooklyn, yeah. New Orleans, nowhere else. A dream.
1: Coney Island. Well, I guess that's Brooklyn.
3: <laughs> oh, right. Kind of, yeah, technically. But still.
2: Um, it's its own this is a total
3: magical. Place.
2: I have a quick sidebar, I swear. Um, I did a short film in college. I was a part of a short film in college. And, uh, it was like a one, like we had one actor in our movie and it was filmed at Coney Island and the actor was in fact, George Buck who plays Izzy in the, in Angel Heart. Like, you know, like when Mickey Rourke goes to Coney Island and he's like at the mm-hmm. beach and there's that guy sitting in the lawn chair yeah. with the nose guard. Oh yeah. He's like, that's my wife out of the water. He kept like, like he kept...
0: Messing with his junk?
2: That was him. I met that guy (laughs) when he was like much, much older.
0: (laughs) Please tell me he was wearing a no shield. He
2: was like thin and like, you know, it was kind of like at the end of a career. Um, And, you know, he was doing our college, you know, like student film. And, but like, we were like, you're, you were in Angel Heart. Like, oh my God, tell us all about Angel Heart. And he told the story of like his wife in the movie um, was. Played by an originally it was another actress, but that actress got smacked by a wave. Like on like on take one, she's like in the midst of her line, and then all of a sudden, like smash! Like she gets hit by a wave, gets pulled over, and it was like so cold, and like, you know waves are battering you, and she was just like, I'm out. Um and so the, <laughs> what? yeah and so the body any
3: water shoot is horrible and also coney island is cold like that all the time like in august the water at coney is like not the point of going there (laughs) like oh, oh, oh so fun fact though um on that story the original actress that's her voice singing at the end of that that scene Oh, really? Wow, yeah, apparently, that's not the actress we actually see in the film they' They'd already recorded <laughs> that or gotten a take it for doing it, or something, so uh, so that's a totally different person's voice, which is the woman you're so George funny. talking about, yeah, so it's like a Frankenstein
2: of act- like two actors yeah. playing the same role amazing
3: When I was a kid, I used to get angry like when I would watch, especially like animated movies, right, where we couldn't tell um and I found out that the person who did the voice most of the time didn't do the singing. I was like, Mm -hmm. I have been deceived by Meg Ryan. Like Simba? Look, Simba was a great... Okay, first of all, (laughs) look, I love the singing voice that Simba actually had. Young Simba sounded like a young Michael Jackson. That was really dope. And do I think his actual singing voice was better for the movie than Matthew Broderick's would have been? Yes. Yes, I do. So just don't have Matthew Broderick do it. Have the other guy do it.
1: No, no, I'm talking about Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Marcus from Smart Guy as the singing voice.
3: That's what I'm saying. Marcus sounded incredible. Oh. And I, you know, he like, did. that was the right choice. Like, a thousand I just remember
1: percent. finding that out when I was a kid and being like, why would you cast the actor as the. Why do you need two people for this? I feel like the singing voice wins.
3: Yeah. But. Well, yeah, Anastasia was anyway. really t- Anastasia was a tough one for me because I was like basically the only one doing their own singing in this is like Christopher Lloyd sometimes. I think someone else is doing some of that. I don't... I don't. Devastating. Devastating. Different for world. young children. <laughs> I young see what children. you did there. Young children. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else we want to, you know, touch on, clarify, deal with? I mean... One other thing that I thought...
0: Um, back to the religious aspect aspect was um, we had the voodoo, we had the devil worshiping, but another small little tidbit they put in there I thought was very interesting is that you have the, in the beginning, the Mm -hmm. church, like a Christian church with them preaching and, how corrupt yeah. it was. Oh. When the... When he... Used to, when, like, this was the corrupt Christian Chrysler church, I called it. Because he's... He, the preachers going, him, oh, you guys are talking about me driving around in a Chrysler. But if you really love me, you would give me money to ride around in a Rolls, Rolls Royce. Uh, yeah. And then later, you, you see them, like, in a parade. And they're holding him up like he's... Yeah. Like a god mm-hmm. I just thought that was really that went really well with the theme here well
1: isn't the um Louis Robert De Niro's character
2: is, yeah, Lucifer.
1: thank you <laughs> I kept wanting to say Lucifer and then being like well that's wrong That's I mean it's right but it's not it's right. not his name <laughs> um, He he's in that church really right? like, he's the one cleaning up He's the one in the He's the um, woman
2: in the black in the yeah. shroud. Yeah.
3: He, yeah. Yeah, he keeps manifesting there. <laughs> I don't know about yeah, his I've, attachment. I felt
0: like that had its felt like it had like its own story like he had yeah. hands in mm-hmm. that pot. That's as how well. I read it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. he
3: yeah. he has some sort of influence there whether it he's recognizable in the way he manifests to Harry or not. Does that make sense? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Because they even make the point. Um, what's his name? Um, oh goddamn! Uh, it is that name, Cruzmark uh, Mister Cruzmark Mark um, makes the point that uh, Harry looks different to him than he would otherwise. Right? Mm-hmm. That that's part the of the, this facial
2: reconstructions surgery.
3: Yeah, that like there's there's been something that but there's a reason that he doesn't expect Harry to kill him, certainly, you know, like, mm. um, or he wouldn't have gone to a private location with him. But uh, but he makes the point that it's not just the surgery. It's that the actual like enchantment, the the, the possession itself changes the way he looks to people who knew him before mm. so that they don't recognize him the same way and i was like okay i'm really glad you planted that one sentence because otherwise i was going to be like what the fuck is happening in this entire movie <laughs> so like he
0: really did basically fuck his own daughter mm-hmm. then
3: mhm yeah don't like
1: that yeah.
0: super
3: no. super brilliant that it's followed by the line from louis from oedipus mm-hmm. like what good is what good is wisdom right. I was like, oh, instead of fucking his mom, he fucked his daughter.
0: And I think this kind of goes like, mm. so when I say like, yeah, I don't like that because why, why would you like that? But I I think. Clay likes it. He nasty. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. No, I agree with Clay that I, I don't like the subject matter, of course, but I liked how it, it does have that Oedipus and that, that realization and that like, oh fuck, like how dark can this get? Well, it can get pretty fucking dark. I mean, it's,
2: it's interesting because I feel like my interpretation of the movie at large and definitely to the end is that Satan himself, you know, is very aware of Harry and who he is and is Mm -hmm. manipulating him at every step of the way basically kind of closing accounts and getting his mm-hmm. revenge on all the people who kind of had a hand in this this hoodwinking like I, I think the devil's pretty kind of perturbed or uh, you know annoyed that Harry would get away or you know uh
3: we even try crooner away. yeah yeah you know, he, yeah. You know
2: but what what does he say he doesn't like messy accounts and uh you know you you get the feeling that that, that the devil is, is essentially kind of fucking with him so mm-hmm. that, like, he's orchestrated, he's the architect of all of this so that when you get to the end with, you know, the the kind of, mm-hmm. the scene with Lisa Bonet and Mickey Rourke, like, I, I, I kind of read into that and say that, like, the true kind of, like, trauma of, of everything that, that Mickey Rourke's character has gone through is that, like, the devil has seen to it that, like, he lays waste to any any sense of whatever humanity or whatever whatever's left of Harry Angel is like gone by the end, so there's no you know, there's no legacy yeah well God, like you, you know when you get to that end of uh you know you're gonna what you're gonna burn for this Harry and he's like, yeah I know yeah, in I mean, hell
3: in hell <laughs> it''s just
2: like you know it, it 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 seems as if like the devil has just been so this is all he's wanted. He's just wanted, like, to kind of torch, mm-hmm. like, like, just put him through the ringer uh, to make up for making a, a mockery of the devil for for over ten years. Um, and I think he's, yeah, I think he's a little bit of a dick. The devil.
0: He might be. <laughs> I think that if you, I think the devil was kind of laughing at one point, and this is what kind of um, tipped me about what was really going on when um he said you know he didn't want messy accounts and and um mickey's character uh harry was trying to get out of the deal because um, he was the devil was telling him how much money he was giving him and he goes your money your money is sending me to the electric chair and so at the very end when they had that moment where he was like, You're gonna burn for this, I was like, Oh, he, that's like a dude yeah, thing is yeah, he's gonna go to the It's, electric very, it's gym, very Greek that
3: bad. you you know where it's gonna end and it happens anyway. Um, so I wanted yeah. to speak to a couple of quick things that are like kind of tied into this like devil imagery, they're each like tiny little anecdotal things. One, we talked about the egg exchange moment, mm-hmm. right? He offers the egg. Before he does it, he blows the salt off the egg. And Harry tosses it over his shoulder, which uh, superstitiously blinds the devil. Like it would buy him time, right? Obviously, that's not what he's necessarily thinking of in the moment. It's just like a great little bit of imagery there that's sitting straight across from Lucifer. Like you're doing this incredibly futile thing that's like already useless. He already knows who he's talking to. Um, And on the chickens and dogs thing, dogs, I think, is pretty straightforward, right? right, Like, we tend to use dogs in, in, like, literature, filmmaking, and our storytelling as, like, judges of character. And dogs hate him. Like... Not all of those dogs were just, like, spiteful. Like, a lot of them were, like, chilling until he got too close. And then they lost their whole ass minds and, like, snapped leashes, like, like to chase him down. (laughs) They did. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I'm not, I'm not, they were all pits, too. So I was, like, not appreciative until I found out he was, like, the devil. And I was, oh, this is fine. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm fine with pit bulls mauling people if they're evil. That's, that's good. Um, So, uh, and with the chickens, I was like, I don't. At first, I like I said, I interpreted it as his like kind of Indiana Jones like weird weakness, and as the story progressed, and I realized what was happening, I was like, of course he doesn't like chickens. Chickens are how people are fucking getting close to to the divine. Whether an egg is a soul, or you sacrifice a chicken in voodoo, and that that is a spiritual experience for you, he can't mm-hmm. afford to be fucking with those guys. He's already, like, deeply compromised spiritually. He can't afford to get closer to anything. He needs to stay undiscovered as long as possible. Um, So that was my thought on that.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah,
3: it was that the chickens were a threat, and the dogs just hate him, understandably.
2: There's so many signs and signifiers in this one. Like, there's a a lot of angles of um, fans I don't know, like, you know, and every time yeah. you would see a fan that was not moving, and then all of a sudden you would see it moving, that signified that someone was about to get murdered. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, each oh. death was kind of preceded by the fan, like, the, the essentially the kind of devil coming into the, the space. Um, you know, it's like a breathing stray in, wind. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
3: like, wind or um, breath into a space is such a, like, divine or, or evil, also. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. And then, of course, the elevator.
2: You know, every time there's an elevator, like, you know, he had so many, Mickey Rourke's character had so many moments of like seeing an empty elevator in the door, the gate kind of opening up, kind of waiting for him, and he would turn back. And then it's not until the very end with the title credits, the credit sequence at the end, that he's basically in the elevator going down, 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 all the way oh. down to
3: hell. Oh. It's also implied in that montage that that's how the lawyer dies. Yeah. Yeah, in the elevator.
2: Um, yeah, I don't know. I I like this movie. I, I I feel like it. It's. I would always kind of do a. I I think it's a great um, double feature with Jacob's Ladder because um, I think Alan Parker and Adrian Line, uh are two filmmakers who had like so much style. Like they kind of like mm-hmm. maximize their visual style um, to make these really kind of beautiful. Kind of, I don't know, just movies that felt sculpted um, you know but it is it is an artifact Um, you gotta love the 80s oh I yeah
1: I yeah I am really glad that we had the um, the man kind of reveal the backstory of what happened before he got boiled in his own gumbo you know (laughs) yeah Um, and I liked that too um, I would say I wish that we could have seen that woven in more. Rather than like, I think
3: there were a lot of moments.
1: That's that's really like the only thing that I wish that would have been, like I would have known it in the beginning, because it was just a lot to have happen to piece together while he was getting, you know, while while that scene was happening. I so. Yeah, I felt the same way,
0: but at the same time, I felt like it was kind of like a nod towards those sort of corny, old noir films. Like nowadays, we're used to films where there's like that kind of twist or that Mm -hmm. kind of ending. They really go into it and do like flashbacks and they really break it down. But I think like some of these like really, really old films, it was kind of like this fast, like scooby-doo take off that's the true oh i did it
3: because yeah. of this, yeah yeah you know? it
1: definitely does feel like a a staple of of the noir genre is right. to like have a big reveal but as and it I've, was happening i was like well but now i can't really appreciate the the big like yeah payoff you know but that's just like you said mm-hmm. like it's a you know that's what we're cultured to want <laughs> Like I'm just the yeah. product of my time, okay? Yeah. Like I I understand yeah. that that wasn't always that's the case valid. and that wasn't what he was trying to do here.
3: Now you want to you want to you want to make a mystery happen. We're talking like knives out where it all has to be not just visible on a rewatch, but like you could pick it apart even further. Like if you didn't if you didn't plant yeah. all of it, it feels unsatisfied. It feels like you tricked me. And that's not that wasn't always the case. Um, though I do no, think I this didn't is... feel
1: tricked. I just nah. wanted to really have that delicious moment.
3: Exactly, it's not satisfying. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think this movie does at a, at a several points that I was like, "This is a long time for people to just be sitting still, talking at each other." It just happened, just so happens that it's like Robert De Niro and Mickey Rourke, so I'm okay with them just like explaining the movie to me. <laughs> totally, <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm I'm on board. They're really fascinating to watch. And if if it had been cast differently, if if folks hadn't been able to like just ooze so much charisma at me that I almost don't care what they're saying, this scene could not have worked. Yeah. I would have, I would have missed too much information out of boredom, boredom.
2: <laughs> have you ever seen uh old boy?
3: Yes. I love old boy. Yes.
2: I, I think it's funny there's that kinship that these two movies share.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it well but it also a very specific one, yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, almost structurally too though, like you have two men who go on a mission to kind of like resolve like they, they're they're trying to find something, someone. And uh you know there there's someone who's kind of orchestrating their their kind of the trap that they're kind of actively walking into. <laughs> and both end up with the culminating moment of them sleeping with their daughters, damn it. which you know just seems like damn it, such a perverse cherry on top of a revenge Sunday. But um, I don't know, like it's
1: ew, you sundae.
3: nasty. I, dang you it! I was trying to sundae. have
2: us. Do I just made the Sunday.
3: That's <laughs> well, you. now. Well now, Mary Kay knows the big twist at the end. I was tr- I was going to try and have us do that. In the
2: oh, future. did you not? Have you not seen it?
1: No, but I kind we, of knew that already, yeah.
2: so. Would you like That's to live game. deliciously, Mary Kay? That's not a you good know,
1: You know, I like do love live, butter. Would
2: you like to live... De- I can't do a Black Phillip voice. How does, how would you, does Black Phillip you talk?
3: Like in... to <laughs> would, you,
2: would you like to live deliciously,
3: Mary <laughs>
1: oh, <that was> <laughs> Would well, you like to live
2: deliciously? Oh, that was close. Well, that was good. live
1: deliciously, Mary Kay? <laughs> 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 I can't <laughs> I <live> can <here now. laughs> I
3: want to see the world. Oh, wait. Isn't well, that one just, of the things can that you she gets do, to can do? Can you please do Black Phillip as Essel Merman?
2: Would you like to
3: live deliciously, it's, it's Mary perfect. Kay? It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Yay! That's, that's what my Black <laughs> Phillip better sound like, or I'm not fucking going. <laughs> I don't care how much butter there is, and you know I love butter. <laughs>
1: Did we miss anything that we wanted to talk about?
3: Mm -mm.
1: Do we have a closing question?
3: Do we need one if we can end on Ethel Merman asking you to marry Satan?
1: No, I feel like that's a good way to end.
3: (laughs) Awesome. Um, I can can take up here because you got up next. Uh, Thanks for coming on with us. Clay, it's been such a delight. If anything, I think it was better than last time because we've gotten no. smarter. Oh. Well, I think, because I, well, we've gotten smarter, so now we can keep up with you better. <laughs> I think that's what's happening.
2: This was, I mean, everybody knows The Exorcist. And I feel like you're. it's kind of like, you know, every, everybody's had that conversation. I don't know how many people have had the Angel Heart conversation, so.
3: Well, now that's everyone, true. everyone I know will have to have it. Because mm-hmm. I'm just going to be like, wait, 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 please. It's young Mickey Rourke. It's De Niro in press Like, what? It's Lisa Bonet <laughs> <Yeah>. getting fired <laughs> from the cosplay. Watch it immediately. It's on HBO. It's fine. Um, Man. So, thank you so much for joining us. Um, all Thanks y'all, for please don't, don't yeah, of course, please don't forget to order his newest novel. Also, all of his novels we will have. The uh, necessary information in our show notes, so don't crash your car. We assume you're in your car. We found out over the pandemic that y'all only listen to us in the car. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was our numbers person when it started, and Mary Kay was like, how are we doing? And I was like, well... Uh,
1: no, a- we plateaued. We just didn't have a ton of growth because people weren't in the car. Y'all saving us up. We understand.
3: Yeah, you'll marathon us later. The idea of anyone yeah. marathoning me talking for any length of time is is just. I'm so sorry. Um, so, would yes, you like his to marathon, US... marathon
2: me, Mary Kay?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> would you Would you like to marathon my podcast, Mary Kay? <laughs> <laughs> What's it doesn't happening? work. It doesn't work.
3: Honestly, do... if Satan said that to me, I just <laughs> I would just be like, no.
2: Would you? Would you like to watch this old Mickey Rourke movie with me, Mary Kay?
3: Oh, I'm back <laughs> in. Yeah, I did that. That's what happened. <laughs> so, we uh, did it. Oh, y- y'all whisper <laughs> down the lane. April 7th, right?
2: April 6th. But April Sixth. 7th works too. Take it. 8th, 9th, 10th, 2030.
1: <laughs> Buy it now. Read it later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or read it immediately because people will say things that you like I didn't get to have a copy of it this time around oh, which, yeah um, which it's understandable like there's only so many to have I'm planning to buy it because I want to support my friend financially mm-hmm. oh um, I think
2: I think she just drew the line in the sand she's she's a no a, I can't. Trying- I'm gonna buy a t-shirt So, (laughs)
3: Uh, (laughs) see, well, I kept trying to tell Mary Kay I wanted to buy the book, and she sent me one anyway. So, I I, now I like I gotta pay it for like extra, extra, extra. Um, so thank you for coming on with us. Y'all, check out Whisper Down the Lane, it is terrifying. Um, and it is, yeah, it sounds like there's those Trinidadian ghost children I was talking about in there.
1: It is, uh, yeah, um. So up next, listeners, we are going to talk about Alex Garland's 2018 film, Annihilation, starring Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac, and Tessa Thompson, which 2018 was like the year of Tessa Thompson. Um, It's based on the novel by Jeff Vandermeer of the same name, which I definitely recommend reading and we'll link to that in the show notes so you can do your homework for next time. And you can watch this on Amazon Prime too, so we'll talk to y'all soon. Okay love you bye love you, bye bye love bye, you, bye. <laughs> My name is
0: Eve Sturgis, and I have one question for you. Did you ever think about how much sex it takes to build a family tree? Those recreational DNA companies like 23andMe and Ancestry have such wholesome commercials about being Irish or Italian and connecting family and learning about heritage. But really, it's all about sex. Trust me, I made an entire podcast talking with people about the shocking discoveries and the deep, dark secrets that come to the surface with a few drops of spit. Season three of Everything's with Eve Sturgis is coming at you April 16th from Campfire Media on all the pod platforms.